Sex and money, two of mankind's greatest taboos. And we finally get to talk about it on this podcast and how starving ourselves with either one of these is a recipe for disaster for both our happiness and success. You're listening to the Money Lab Podcast, episode number 97, The Starve or Get in Trouble Money Story. Welcome to the Money Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Wei Hong, and this is the podcast where we talk about money stories, tips, strategies, and interviews with some amazing people that have joined me to hopefully inspire you to create a lifestyle free of bad money stories, money anxiety, and stress. There is a free ebook that complements this show really, really well. It's called From Money Anxiety to Six Figure Mastery. To get it, simply go to http colon forward slash forward slash go dot the six figure and get it there. It's the perfect complement to all the things we discuss on the show. It's free, and quite frankly, we've been told that it could change your life. What's exciting about this episode is that I get to interview someone who is an expert of mankind's other taboo, sex. And where we meet is that we both help people achieve prosperous success and happiness in our respective niches, or niches, since she's from Canada. A few things you want to listen for in this episode is this. How we as humans learn to adapt to and like what was a painful part of our younger years to survive. Why it's so important to embrace how we've adapted for survival during our life's journey. How sex and money are topics and subjects that need to be freely talked about in your life if one wants to truly open life up to profound happiness and success. And so much more. There's a lot to be discovered. So my guest on today's episode of The Money Lab is somebody that I've known for quite a few years now, and she's also known as the Awakened Aphrodite, the queen of sex, magic, and money. And what she does is she helps coaches and entrepreneurs double, even triple their incomes while creating deep passion and love in their lives. The journey that I've seen her go on over the last several years has been amazing. From the moment that I met her in one particular version of her, uh, assisting at a, a training that she was at for NLP, Master Practitioner Training, to where she is today, stepping into an extremely powerful version of herself. I'm so excited to have her on because she is going to be touching on um, a very, the second taboo. See, what I touch on is money's being the man's last taboo. She touches on the second last taboo of mankind. And both are extremely important when it comes to opening up what's possible for you from a prosperity standpoint, from a money flow standpoint, from a happiness standpoint. So really excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Ms. Pamela Horner. Hey, I am so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for reaching out and inviting me to be on your awesome podcast. Oh, you're too nice. Yeah, it's it. I mean, I mean, we're honored to have you on here because we're going to get in some really juicy stuff today because it's just it's it's one of those things that I think a lot of people aren't willing to talk about or or aren't willing to embrace and not realizing by not doing so, you're kind of shackling yourself from your what's possible for you, right? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, when it comes to sex and sexuality, 
it's an interesting thing because, of course, I speak mostly about sex. And yet, what my real intention is, is to be holistic. And what I find in the world of everything, and like, let's just even look at the world of love and dating advice, no one talks about sex. I mean, now this is changing now, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, when I uh, first started in the world of helping people have amazing relationships, I was baffled by every video that I would watch. And I was like, is no one talking about intimacy? What is going on here? Mm -hmm. I mean, they are talking about it, but just not talking about it in the way that it should be talked about is what I'm getting. Yeah, that's also very, very true. I mean, and even on that note, the difference between like sex and intimacy and sexual energy and what that is is something that I feel like more people need to understand and know about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just a little hint of what we're going to be talking about today to, that leads into the deeper discussions around how sexuality can, it can magically open up your money flow. But before we get into that, like with every, every guest we have on our show, let's first start off with your money story, the one that inspired the title of today's episode, The Starve or Get in Trouble Money Story. So tell, tell, tell us about your money story, what the money story that you grew up with, the money story that you had to break through in order to really step into uh, building a super successful business that you have today as an entrepreneur. Oh, this is so good. So... <laughs> Well, my money story really is around this whole idea of feast or famine. Um, you know, growing up, we I grew up very poor. And then, of course, you know, my family came into some money later on, which is in direct alignment with how things always were. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like I was either at a friend's house or we were out for dinner and putting on Heirs, let's call it. Uh -huh. And we, oh, order whatever you want if we were with friends, right? But right. at home, we really never had that much food. I mean, I would go to school hungry. I remember my teacher um, like giving me cereal in the back room kind of oh, thing. Wow. Um, and yeah, like even when I look at pictures of my younger self, I look like I'm hungry, <laughs> you know, wow. and, and to be fair, my parents were doing their best, right? They were young parents. They had to feed, feed and raise and deal with having three children. And, you know, I think that because of that in my adult life, I very much went into these periods of feast or famine as well. Um, and we were joking about this where like anyone that I've ever dated has uh -huh. opened my cupboards and been like, why do you have so much food? <laughs> so, so, so you're not talking about a, a metaphorical feast or famine. You're literally talking about the experience that you had as you was feast or famine. I mean, you around eating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really was. And it took me a long time to I had done a lot of work around this. And it funny enough, 
-hmm. wasn't until I saw a naturopath, I think it was like about six years ago, Mm -hmm. who was like, oh, you literally are not eating. Oh, wow. I I had all of these health problems. Mm -hmm. And she she said to me, don't you get it? You're literally not eating. I mean, by any definition, if you looked, if you just looked at my um, habits throughout the day, anyone would have said I had an eating disorder. But I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that I didn't. But like that's I didn't. If that I did, but I didn't. Does that make sense? Right. It was driven by experiences of what you associate with home life and growing up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I did that with money. I did that in my relationships. I mean, it really just trickled into every area of my life where I'd be showing up like 5 million percent, Mm -hmm. even when I would work out, you know, I do a hundred, you know, squats or something and then nothing. (laughs) And then, okay. So it was like feast or famine in terms of all areas of life. (laughs) Every area and especially money. I would go through periods where I'd be making a ton of money and people are like, how are you? All or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not sustainable and frankly, super stressful. (laughs) No, it's not. It it constantly puts you in the state of uh, fight or flight whenever you start to hit those thresholds of just like being like, you know, you you start to develop this perception that, oh, when's when's the shoe going to drop so that I, you know, whatever I did right now is not going to last. And it starts to feed into and build all these other stories around money that you could potentially have or stories around the relationships that you would you would have or even you know even food right so 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 describe what a typical scenario would be when you were growing up around food and i mean there was something that you had mentioned if you didn't do certain things you would actually get in trouble for not I mean, if you don't starve on a certain level, I and mean, it's not like your parents wanted you to starve, but the byproduct is you starving. Otherwise, you would get in trouble, right? Yeah. So a common thing was if you finished anything in the house, you were definitely going to get in trouble, right? Like if you finished the cereal, if you finished the milk, if you were the one, as soon as a box or anything went empty, there would be a questioning who finished this always who finished this so what we all did as kids was like let's say it was the milk we would drink until or we would take as much in as we could until there was like let's say an inch of milk left Mm. just so that we didn't have to be the ones to finish it now if there was two inches of milk left which was common before mm-hmm. we got to the milk, then that means that you're having an inch of milk, for example, if you do the math <laughs> or, right. you know, whatever that works out to in right. any number of scenarios, right? Huh. Then then the question I have is, at what point would then it actually ever be finished? If no one was ever supposed to, be, would you just have like bottles of unfinished items in the in, in the fridge or... Or it was no. wait until a new one was purchased and then you could finish the last one. Yeah. So no. So it would be, it would have to be usually my dad who finished it because he was paying for it. Right. Oh. So since he was paying for it, like you better not finish it was the vibe. Like that was never actually said. Right. That was right. never like, listen, I 
I buy shit, don't touch it. Right. Um, but, but most stories was, are like that, right? <laughs> they're, yes. they're not taught per se. They're just exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I found that even in my, I mean, there again, if someone bought me something, uh-huh. um, like let's say someone bought me a cupcake or a muffin. I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to finish the whole thing. And they'd be like, do you not like it? And uh-huh. it really messed up. And you know, the connection between money and your ability to receive is massive. Right. And I struggled with receiving so, so badly. Mm. So basically, you were then taught that because of that, that um, this, based on your experiences growing up, money is not the easiest thing to make. No, hard no. To come by. Not only is it hard to come by, if you get it, you can't even have pleasure from it. And here's the other really messed up thing that I discovered and was a huge breakthrough for me is when you are a kid and all kids do this, right? All kids do this. Kids, children are just geniuses when it comes to coping, right? And coping mechanisms, much more proficient than most adults, I find actually. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're not attached to looking good or not, you know, needing to be liked or whatever the case may be. They just want to get rid of the pain. It just doesn't feel good. Right. Right. Oh my God. Totally, totally. So what I actually found in my exploration of alchemy and the world of BDSM and pain and pleasure and all these things One day I realized, and this was really a scary one for me, was I liked how it felt to starve. Mm. And that, like, even as I say that, I get chills all over my body because the first thought that I had was like, how shameful. Mm -hmm. I can't tell anyone this. And this is the problem, right? Like so many of these things and nothing's shamed as much as like sex and money, right? Right. Yeah, every day. <laughs> every day, every day. And so when I realized that was that was probably my biggest breakthrough, mm. just realizing, oh my god, I actually enjoyed the feeling of starving because when I was a kid, that is how I coped with that. Right. You had to learn to make it, you know, to tweak and make it pleasurable so that you could survive. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. You know, and and this is how um, disempowering programs and belief systems and stories get integrated into our neurology. And, And, you know, I think. I think a lot of people like to beat, as you and you and I probably both did with our own stories, is we beat ourselves up for having it as adults, not realizing that that our unconscious mind chose to adapt that way so that we could survive our childhood, survive certain scenarios or circumstances in our life. Absolutely. And this is where what, I mean, we know as hypnotherapists, right? Mm-hmm. It pleasure is so crucial because the only way something like that is so hardwired to survival that regular approaches in my experience right in my Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. will not work. Mm -hmm. Because one, in many cases, you don't even want to admit that that's a thing, right? It's like, oh, I'm not going to tell people that I get pleasure from starving. That's really messed up, right? Right. Right. <laughs> That's really messed up. Yeah, because most people won't think that it was a coping mechanism for for survival back in the day. And so you might as well make the most of it and might as well gain pleasure from something that you've had to do. You had to do no matter what anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, I just want to normalize this for anyone who's listening. This is true across the board with coping mechanisms mm-hmm. um, like If you make that thing into something else, which is sometimes pleasure, not always, sometimes it's just numbness, right? Right, right. Um, Or or whatever it ends up being, that is probably the smartest thing that you could have done at that time. Mm -hmm. And like just even having that compassion for ourselves and then looking at, and this is what I had to do. How can I, first of all, be okay with this? Instead of going, ew, gross, what's wrong with you? Well, you better cut that out right now, Missy, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sitting with it, getting to know that part of me, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. being like, hey, oh my gosh, like, okay, yeah, this is okay. I see you. And then moving to this place of how do I get pleasure from receiving? How do I get pleasure from abundance? How do I get pleasure from actually eating, nourishing myself? Right? Yeah. So that you're in essence mapping across, so to speak, based on, you know, in the the world of neurolinguistics, are you mapping it across to a better story, a better paradigm of existence, a better belief system, something that you already know how to do, but you're replacing the trigger, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that even in the world of sex and sexuality, um, one of the things that I really seek to do is just normalize these conversations because Mm -hmm. what most people try to do and you know this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you see this all the time as well, is right. they want to hop over that part of acceptance. They're like, <laughs> right. oh, I don't need to even look at this. Just get rid of it, please. And <laughs> we live in this culture of cut it out, surgically remove it, uh-huh. right? Just just get rid of this thing. And as a tantrika, as someone who practices tantra, which is so much about the weaving, the integration, wholeness, accepting, mm-hmm. right? The coming together of the alchemy and using sexual energy as a catalyst for that, there really is so much power in looking at what you have right now mm-hmm. and getting to a place of a deep love and acceptance around it. And Mm -hmm. that is where the biggest shifts really occur for everyone. Yeah. And and, and it's, and then it, then it is no surprise then that you based on what you grew up with, that you kind of moved into the space that you're in right now. I noticed you use the word tantrika. Is that, is that, is that the person, is that a way to, is a label for the person that actually practices tantra is tantrika? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so interesting. Tantrika. <laughs> yes. What yes. do they have for someone that practices money 
like story breakthroughs and money reengineering. Monica, <laughs> Monica. <laughs> we should just call you the king of money. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that 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 oozes self absorption. But okay, we'll play with that a little bit. <laughs> so I love that. Very cool. Well, I mean, that's a fantastic. And, and you know, it, it sounds like that story. I mean, has impacted your life in so many different ways. At what when, when was it that you realized, like, oh my God, this is a money story that I need to get rid of if I want to break away from this feast or famine lifestyle that I'm living? I, I mean, was it just kind of like a a famine moment, or was it just you deciding, you know what, I don't like this pattern. I need to, I need to do something. I need to do something about it. What well, was the moment? Strangely for me, it was when I saw that naturopath mm-hmm. and it was the way that she looked at me. Like she literally mm. looked at me as if I was clearly insane. Like, like there was a major elephant in the room mm-hmm. that everyone else could see. <laughs> <laughs> Except you. <laughs> Except for me. She's like, you literally haven't eaten how could you not feel like you're dying? Uh, and it was crazy. You know, I was hospitalized at one point in my life and they ran all of these tests. I mean, I had tried all of the health things, all of the right. health things. Right. They ran all of these tests and all of the doctors said, like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing right. wrong with you. And I couldn't even keep food down. That's why I was hospitalized. Wow. Everything that I would eat would make me feel sick. I would vomit up food, not on purpose, not on purpose. Right. Right. I went through this real health crisis where I couldn't even eat. So your body basically says, wait a minute, your modus operatum is that you're, you're starving. So why put food in there? <laughs> Exactly. And anytime I would eat, I would just get so tired. Right. Right. Um, so so the doctor should have said in that moment says there's nothing wrong with you, except you have a bad money story. <laughs> basically, like, yeah. Like, how does this show up in the other areas of your life? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Doctor turns to coach. <laughs> yes, totally. And so for me, I was really convinced that I only did that with with money. I mean. Sorry, Mm, with food. With food, right. And it wasn't until I was like, oh my goddess, you do this in every area. You do this with your relationships. I did this with, I did this with drugs back in the day. Mm -hmm. I did this. I always said, oh, I have an addictive personality. So I, I, you know, therefore like don't, I, I don't want to really get involved with drugs. Well, right. it's not that I had an addictive personality. And I, although that might be partially true, it's that if you give me anything and I like it, I will literally like binge on it until I hate it. And mm. then and then I'll go into that feast that famine from the feast the to starvation the famine. mode. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it was and, the same with money. Okay. Okay. So this is where it shows up in, in the money area, money arena, where you would actually binge on money, so to speak. And then you would get to a point where you, you got full of binging on money because, you know, then you had to run that. You got to starve or you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Like I would have a 20K month or something and then I would spend all of the money. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, oh my God, no, I need to do this. I have to invest in this. 
I would always find a way to uh-huh. not have that money in my account. Right. Sounds very similar to the story that I grew up with where if I had money, I would get in trouble. And so basically, whenever money came in, I would kick it out as quick as possible so that I wouldn't get in trouble. By who? I don't know. At the, you know, at, at where I am today, I mean, at my age today, why would I get in trouble or anything? Okay, Or even, you know, 10 some odd years ago when I got through, when I broke through that money story. But it sounds like you actually so so it sounds like you hit a cathartic moment. You hit a catharsis with that natural path, basically giving you that hammer to the head. Go dunk, wake up. You're not eating. Yeah. For you to yeah. realize that. Yeah, and I really had to. I don't know if this is the right word, but kind of humble myself. I mean, you know, I at that time in my life. I was helping people make like double, triple their incomes mm-hmm. and, and all of these things. And so I really had to take a moment and be like, Hey, it's okay to not be okay yourself. Right. Right. In and order to even look at this. So it sounds like it was this breakthrough on your money story that really helped you step into what it is that you're actually doing now fully and completely and, totally. and, and, and com- complete congruency. Because prior to that, you were you were doing different other careers, right? I mean, you had multiple careers um, throughout your life. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today. And then before we dive in, because you, what you're doing today is so neat and so fascinating that... I want to make sure that we get the context of how you even got there. Okay. So what was your journey to getting you to where you are today? Yeah. So I started out, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. I guess I'll start at the very beginning. So when I was 18 years old, I became an exotic dancer. I became a stripper. Uh Uh-huh. Um, out of necessity, I couldn't pay my rent. Um, I wanted to continue in my university studies Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, I'm pretty and I'm voluptuous. And so why not? (laughs) Right. I was always highly sexualized because of my body. Uh And so I thought to myself, well, why not actually make money around with this versus being shamed for it? Like if I'm right. going to be shamed for it anyways, why not just capitalize on it? Which I did. So, so you were getting shamed prior to making that choice. You were getting shamed for it or you, oh, you were feeling ashamed? Yes. Yes. Um, so like I was a virgin for a long time in high school and people would always say I was a slut and I was a whore because of my body. Uh-huh. Um, and so I very much was like, okay, well, I mean if people are going to have that perception of me, why not at least benefit from it was my mindset at the time. And so I got into that and I noticed the connection right away between sexual energy and money. And Mm -hmm. there's no other example that I could give that would show that depth of connection because in that environment, I mean, it literally is a sexually driven environment um, and a money driven environment. And it's rare to just even have those experiences. Right. 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 So 
I don't I, have that experience. Right. Most people don't. <laughs> most people don't. And so I was really strangely lucky in that sense to begin to put a pin in, oh, when I have sex with my partner and then I go to work, I make way more money, Huh. for example. But then, you know, the industry, the industry started to change. And I was like, you know what? I don't like living. I mean, I was living a secret life. No one knew I was doing it. Right. And so I eventually stopped dancing and I pretended it never happened mm. and was like, that's something I'll never talk about. That's something um, I'll just pretend never happened. If people say you look familiar, I'll just say, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go on with my life. And that's exactly what I tried to do. Right. And I went into real estate and I soon started working for a real estate coaching company. Uh -huh. And when I met you, I was working for a real estate coaching company and I was just at the beginning of that part of my career mm. in terms of tapping into money and helping right. people make more money. And what I ended up finding was at first, you know, just like any job, when you start anywhere, I I would talk to anyone with a heartbeat, right? <laughs> I mean, right. but as I started progressing and getting better and honing my skills and started to work with people that already had the money, what I found was that when their relationships were not built on a strong foundation, when their intimate lives sucked, right? Mm -hmm. No amount of money could change that. Hmm. Right. Makes and sense. yeah. And they also had this awareness around sexuality and relationships that people without money didn't have. Didn't and have so, sex? sorry, didn't have sex? Right, people without money didn't have. Oh, what the, what the people around money didn't have. Yeah, so the people without money, it's not about how much sex that you have, right? Mm -hmm. or, or not mm -hmm. have. I mean, depending, mm -hmm. of course, there's extremes, right? right <laughs> there's definitely right. extremes. But <laughs> it's not about that. It's around the awareness of the energy, right? Uh -huh. And what I found was, especially in sales, especially in real estate, mm -hmm. it's a very sexual environment, believe it or not. Right. It's actually a very undercover. You wouldn't know that if you've not been in the industry. And what I found was the people that made the most money were the most in that energy, not always in the best way. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's almost like they didn't know what to do with it. That was the other thing. It's hmm. almost like they didn't know what to do with it. I mean, people that didn't have money all they care about is getting their basic needs met, right? right. Like getting uh -huh. the money coming in. Right. But people that have all of the money, now they've encountered a different challenge. And that challenge is linked to 
their relationships and their sexual energy, and they never know what it is. This is the funny thing. They hmm. dance around it, and they're like, you know, it's weird. My relationship is is completely a disaster. I don't know what to do with it. It comes out in these strange ways, let's call it, mm-hmm. but it's all connected to their sexual energy and them not knowing what to do with that. Right. It's funny that you're saying they dance around it, kind of what you did for a while when you were 18. <laughs> danced around it, danced within it. And then <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, literally. And then, and then I think maybe in doing so, being in that environment helped you understand the power of sexual energy. I mean, this is, this is something for those that are into the world of chakra work, you know, you, you, the, you learn that the sex chakra, the sacral chakra, the area that's around the, the sex organs, uh, is responsible for a lot of your capabilities in sales, a lot of your capability in creating money flow. All the limitless power that you have access to comes from that area because isn't that the area that's responsible for creating life as well? <laughs> it's creation, right? Well, and that's exactly it. I mean, that's exactly it. It is the area of the deepest creation that you could ever imagine. Mm. And it honestly goes so, so deep that sometimes I feel like, oh my God, where do I even begin? Right? And and that's a good question because I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there and people and listening to this will listen will hear that's amazing that's a big shift from going from real estate to sex magic and money work <laughs> right yeah uh, no tantric kidding. work um yeah and and it's there's a lot of admiration i'm sure people hear like the courage of you being willing to go into that space and make it your business and make it your thing so how did you how did you know that this was then going to be back in your path? And you think everything kind of all made sense when you pieced everything together. And more importantly, how did you get the courage just to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to go into. No matter what the world thinks, what anybody else thinks, this is what I'm going to do. Because I think by ma- having made that choice, you've literally awakened yourself. And, and I, I remember telling you when, I, when we were having a, a call before scheduling this session, that not the session, this episode, this 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 podcast episode, was that you? I said that you look completely different than when I first uh, met you. It's like you've stepped into your full self. Your energy is bigger. It's brighter. Everything was just you. You, you were just glowing, right? Yeah. So how, how how did you know to that this is the direction that you need to go? Having that awareness, because most people will have an awareness. But they won't know to like say, hey, this is what I'm going to step into and use and be part of what my purpose is in terms of what I'm doing here. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree with you. People tell me that all the time. And I have a YouTube channel and even my clients now are like, holy shit, Pamela. Like, have you you? I I had a client comment on one of my videos the other day and she goes, she's reverse aging (laughs) (laughs) y'all. And I was like, that is the most accurate thing ever. Um, Because sexual energy is also deeply connected to your radiance, your vibrance, right? Uh Uh And um, to answer your question, 
you know, in some ways, I so wish that I could sit here and be like, you know what, way I had this mystical shamanic journey and <laughs> I woke up one day and I just, my pussy was alive and I knew that this was my calling, right? Right, right. Honestly, I was thrust into it kicking and screaming mm. um, in the worst way. Um, I, I mean, mentally, like I wasn't in actual danger or anything like that, but I literally reached a breaking point in my life where I just felt like a complete fraud. Um, uh. I literally had lived what felt like a double life. Uh-huh. Right. I had this past, this very, right. let's call interesting, <laughs> <Right>. interesting <laughs> past uh-huh. that I would, you know, it was what I tried not telling people I dated. Obviously, that was a disaster. Right. Because like if mm. they heard it from someone else or they, there was always this vibe. Right. Like there was something they couldn't quite put their finger on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be known as the girl that used to be a stripper. This was the thing I was trying to get away from, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want people to know me. That was like 10 years ago. Why do I still have to talk about this is how I felt. But unfortunately, I was living a lie because I never talked about it. I never wanted to talk about it. And I wanted to lock it away in a closet and never have it seen or spoken about. Mm. Right. So I reached this part, this period in my life where I actually became suicidal and Mm. really depressed because a whole part of my life and my being was severed and shut away, never to be looked at or loved or held. And, And if you know me, which you do, Mm-hmm. I am very sexual, right? I am very sexually alive. Even with that thing locked away, people mm-hmm. would still pick up on that always. And right. so it's not even like I was locking away something that could be locked away. <laughs> right. Because it was, I mean, it was, it was such a big part of your being, right? That That it was actually hurting you more to lock it away than to fully embrace it, sounds like. Exactly. Like, I love sex. I love intimacy. I could talk about sex and intimacy and money and relationships literally all day long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had shunned this part of me. So my awakening came from me not wanting to live anymore and getting to this place of like, you better decide. Like, are you going, like, you have two choices. Mm-hmm. Either, like, get it over with, mm-hmm. or what if you actually really lived? Like, if you're really at this place in your life where you don't want to live anymore, what do you have to lose? Right. And I literally came at it from this place of okay drag me through the streets then i'm ready Hmm. for it Hmm. 
And in some ways, I actually think that that was more empowering than having this like sparkling revelation. Because there's something really delicious about being covered in dirt, which is how I Mm. felt. Mm -hmm. And being like, you know what? I am going to walk down the street. You know what? I do have something valuable here. Right. So what was that? What was that moment where you said, I need to embrace this part of me. I need, I need to bring that in. What was the specific, uh, Im- the specific thing that you were, you were, you were about to embrace in that? Owning my full sexuality, owning my full ability to seduce and my sexual power mm-hmm. and not shying away with that, not shying away from it, I should say. Right. And did it shift the way you actually perceived and looked at your experience doing being a stripper or being doing exotic dancing? Absolutely, because I had to accept it. I had so much shame around it. That's why I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started to see that as hot mm-hmm. and sexy and like mm-hmm. cool and unique and also was like not everyone's going to agree with that and right. that's okay those are just not my people right the moment that i started to shift seeing being a dancer as intriguing and exciting mm-hmm. all of this started to shift invaluable i mean I had experiences that no one in their lifetime will ever, ever, ever have. Mm. Not even come close to having, because let's say you go on like a, they have these like strip retreats now, right? Which are great things, by the way. Like I, I don't personally run them. And like, I know people that do, it's a great thing to be celebrated by like other women or people naked. It's a great thing. And it's not the same when it's not tied into money. Right. Right. It's like a pole dancing retreat or a pole dancing class or like a strip, like you're saying, a strip retreat, which is it's it's almost like it's um, controlled. It's like a controlled environment so that it it's like uh, it's um, sterile, if you will. Yeah. So it's an interesting connection that gets made. Mm-hmm. If you do well, right? Like if you do well and you make a lot of money and you get the connection, right. where else in life, the more sexual, the more that you're tapped into your sexuality is the more that you're rewarded. That's mm-hmm. not a thing in life. Right. It's actually quite the opposite. Right? It's actually quite the opposite. I mean, it might be a thing when you first meet someone and you're all hot mm-hmm. and heavy and you're like, tell me all the dirty things you want to do to me. <laughs> But that changes. Hmm. And then it turns into, did you just look at that person? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. So I remember you telling me that you had a certain perception of men going into, before going into doing the work around stripping and, and exotic dancing. 
And then after your experience there, you had a completely different perspective about men in general. Right? Oh my God. I love that you brought this up. I so love that you brought this up because this was another thing. Um, I had experienced abuse um, in my life at that point. And the, one mm -hmm. of the other reasons that I got into dancing, frankly, was because the abuse that I had gone through was at the hands of men. Mm. And I, I very much was like, oh, okay, men just want me for one thing, which is sex and my sexuality. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you know, men are just this way. And that's how it's always going to be. So there again, why not just play into that game? Instead of trying to fight that men are this way, that they only care about women for one thing, mm -hmm. uh, why not just accept it? Right. So I went into dancing with a lot of stuff around men. And mm -hmm. what I didn't expect to happen was to have so much of my hatred, honestly, for mm -hmm. the way that I perceived men perceived women. Having so much of that healed, honestly, mm. was really unexpected because what ended up happening is are there are there people that are like that, men and women? It's so not a gender thing, right? Are there right. people that are like that that only want you because of your money or your looks or or your status or whatever? Yeah, of course. Um, and there's a lot more people that there's a lot more men that are so lonely that their only option for female connection is to go to a strip club and pay for it. Mm. That's a different perspective than, oh, my God, men who go to strip clubs are pigs, for example. Right. No, actually, they're so lonely. They feel so alone and want connection so badly that they're willing to go into a place like a strip club. Let's right. call it a cave, right? Right. In order to just be seen, hmm. just be spoken to, just be looked at. And in fact, most of my regular clients when I was a dancer just wanted me to talk to them and listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting that you say that because it brings to light just how alone or lonely a lot of people are in this world. And they, and they don't seem to have an outlet except to go to a place where society tends to shame others for doing so. So it's almost as if they're metaphorically going into expressing just how ashamed they are that they're so alone. Like they can't, they can't find help outside of having to go to what society deems as a shameful place. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. And here's the funny thing, which I know that you'll resonate with too around the money piece. So Let's call money and sex shamed areas. Okay. Let's just mm -hmm. blanket statement this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Okay. The way they so, are. Because <laughs> they are, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have a, let's call it a friendship. 
right? Mm -hmm. You have this friendship with someone, but you can never talk about sex or money. Hmm. And, and pause for a second. This is everybody. This is everybody. Basically. Basically. I talk about sex and money with my well, friends. Well, we talk about <laughs> sex and money, right? We talk about sex and money. And uh, most people don't. Right. Most people do not. Right. So much value in getting help with your money stuff and your sex stuff is honestly just being able to talk about it. Oh, I agree. And, and that's the biggest thing. And one of the hardest things. You know, I'm sure you've heard of that uh, University of London study about what subject matters that people are willing to talk about or not willing to talk about. And the top two, well, top one was money and the second one was sex. Yeah, absolutely. And so then what that assumes is that you're in all of these, let's call them relationships, friendships, relationships, whatever, mm -hmm. Where all of you is welcome except those parts. Hmm. All of you is welcome except, oh, not, no, not those two parts of you. You can leave those at the door before you come in. Mm -hmm. Which you can get by with in friendships. But I will tell you, and you know this, you mm -hmm. cannot get by with that in deep intimacy. Right. Long term, sustainable relationships that have that require deep intimacy in order for that to actually be sustainable. Exactly. And this is where I always say, because of the world that we live in right now, and mm -hmm. and hopefully this will change, right? Like in 20 years, this might be completely different just because of how shamed sexuality and money is mm -hmm. when you work on sexuality and money you will see the craziest shifts happen mm. in your life i mean the most profound the most like awe inspiring the most holy shit miraculous shifts happen in mm. the realms of sex and money partially because of the fact that they're just so locked away. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, right. That that honestly, even opening them a little bit can create really profound shifts for people, right? Right. And so that's a perfect segue into getting deeper into what it is that you do to help people open that up. I mean, why is sexual energy so important when it comes to wanting to create financial success in your life, wanting to create more happiness in your life? Why, why is sexual energy is something that is not something that you can optionally decline or optionally not? It's not an option, basically. It's something that you must embrace. Why is that, why is that so important? So there's so many ways of going about this. And I like to just go for the practical because I feel like it resonates for everyone. I mean, mm -hmm. I could take us down a, a spiritual tantric journey here and that would be valuable. And like, let's just call it out in terms of that is your pleasure center mm -hmm. without drugs. Okay. Without any sort of outside help. Mm -hmm. Where else, how else can you experience 
the kind of pleasure that you would experience in your body while having an orgasm, for example. Mm -hmm. What else creates that feeling? Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So, and I, I take sex out of it for a second, like take, take sex out of it for a second. And I want you to just look at the sensation and mm -hmm. the feeling of orgasm. Mm -hmm. And imagine that is a storehouse of pleasure and energy that most people just are not tapping into. Right. So practically speaking, it is the only area, let's call it, that you can physically, until you learn how to, you know, create other areas like this using mm -hmm. sexual energy. Right. Where you can physically create this kind of pleasure in your mind, in your body, in your being. And mm -hmm. also money and your capacity to hold money is in direct alignment with your capacity to hold pleasure. This is why I help people make more money and have deeper love or find love at the same time, because to the degree that you can hold money and pleasure and love in your body mm -hmm. is the degree that you can actually have it. Your nervous system will literally shut down when you reach your pleasure threshold or your money threshold or your love threshold. Mm. And you can use sexual energy. And this is the main thing that I do with people. You can use sexual energy to expand your capacity to hold that amount of money literally in your nervous system and love. It's interesting that you're saying that because I, I, as I'm listening to you, I'm realizing how right you are in that the physical manifestation of pleasure for most people typically comes easiest when it comes to, you know, orgasmic pleasure or sexual pleasure, right? And I think what you're saying that you do is you help people understand that, embrace that, master that, so you can actually create similar type of sensation, physical manifestations in all areas of life, in terms of money flow, in terms of love, in terms of uh, relationships, in terms of health even, right? To, to create orgasmic experiences, if you will, in all areas of life, simply by understanding how to transpose that that mastery of that physical feeling of of sexual and orgasmic energy to those different areas is that is that is that essentially what happens how delicious was everything that you just said first of all <laughs> and yeah did i get it and <laughs> did i get it <laughs> yes and how yummy is that yeah how no, yummy is that no, I, I think that that was a huge kind of like a huge aha moment for me just now. You sharing that is like, oh, my God, you're you're absolutely right. Everything is metaphysical for the most part in terms of money and love and everything. that, And it's like a, an ethereal pleasure, whereas the conduit to actually physically experience that is through sexual energy. So it's not about sex. It's not about just like, you know, getting in bed and just having intercourse. It's about 
the sensation that you are striving for when you're doing that, you know, as human beings, you know, animals do it for procreation, but human beings, we do it for fun, right? So, oh, wow, yes. that's, that's yes. actually really cool. So and this makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So sexual energy is your unlimited fuel source. And most people right. are just throwing it out the window, frankly. I mean, right. uh -huh. and I find that, and, and I, I always want to be super care careful about how I say things like this. Right. So this isn't about, okay, having a lot of sex is bad. I, I've done all of the things, right? Like I, I personally have gone through periods where I've had more sex than anyone I know. And I've also gone through periods of celibacy. So I don't want to attach like one is better than the other. And right. what I find is people hear sex coach, people hear sexual energy and they go, oh my God, this means I have to have sex a hundred times a day. And I have <laughs> which to- Which is not sustainable, by the way. <laughs> which is not sustainable, by the way. I have to have like 500 partners- and unless I um, have a full-blown harem, I'm not doing it properly. And I've also lived not having sex a hundred times a day, right? But I've also right. I've also lived that way, and it's worked really well for me. I really enjoyed it. And some of the most valuable thing, one of the most valuable things I've ever done is actually taking a vow of celibacy to mm. really hone my own sexual energy for me mm. and not waste it right. on these like fair weather encounters, let's call them, or, uh -huh. or something like this and actually really direct it into my passions, into making mm. more money. Yeah. And I also want to say that you can do that while having as much sex as you want as well, right? So right. I don't want to say that one is superior because that's right. also not true, right? And right. and this is this and this is the area exactly where you are currently in right now, helping people do exactly what we just talked about. Yeah, it's not about the amount of sex uh -huh. that you're having, yeah. right? It's about are you tapped into your own internal turn on. Mm, right. And right. fuel source. Do you feel sexy? Do you feel alive? Are you turned on by what you're doing in the world? Do you have that je ne sais quoi about you where people are like, I don't know what it is, but your energy is addictive and yummy and juicy? that is sexual energy. Mm. And the way that this plays out in coaching is like your clients literally love being just in your presence. Because there's this aliveness that is coming through everything that you touch, everything that you do. Right. Awesome. So by now someone is who's wanting to have that ability to kind of master that sexual energy, to be able to transpose that to all areas of their lives and kind of really open up what's possible for them in terms of prosperity, money, abundance, and, and love and happiness. And of course, sexual pleasure. 
believe it or not, we're actually at the top of the hour. And I want to make sure that people have an opportunity to dive deeper with you if they want to, if this is something that is resonating with them. So we could probably go on for the rest of the day. Forever. And I, I, forever. And I, I probably will want to have you come back again to address, you know, usually what happens, we have a guest come on and talk about the big picture. And then we might have a guest come on again because they've got so much information, which you do have to go even deeper on a specific topic. So first of all, would you be open to coming back to another episode in some time in the future? With about you? something specific? any day <laughs> awesome <laughs> awesome well i love that okay cool well how do then okay so someone at some point like i said someone at some point will, will hear say, how do i get connected with her what's the best way that they can connect with you and you also have something to offer as well because you have something what we call million dollar pleasure queen that's coming out or that is out yeah so million dollar pleasure queen is a deep dive into how to use your turn on and your pleasure to attract love and make more money because they are both deeply connected. Mm. And it, we start August 20th. It's going to uh -huh. be amazing. And I'm going to be sharing the secrets of how to get paid and be so deeply loved and appreciated just for being your erotic self <laughs> that is fantastic i mean who doesn't want more love who wouldn't want more in, uh, improved uh abundance and money flow into their lives and at the same time have it be pleasurable this is a fantastic program i'm so excited that you're launching this um soon i mean at the time that we're recording this you know by the time and sometimes people will be hearing this afterwards and that's still fine too how do they get more information about that program where would they go so you can go to the awakenedaphrodite.com mm -hmm. mm -hmm. or you can or and you can follow me on YouTube or Instagram. Instagram's probably best at the awakened Aphrodite the and get more Aphrodite. information there. Okay, awesome. So that way, that's that's the go-to place that they can go. Um, is there any other? So basically, they do a search, and we'll put the links below to your YouTube channel. We'll put links inside the description to your website, so that way people can go there and get more information, and that way they can just dive deep in with you if they if they want to. It looks like I'm at your website right now. It looks like they have all these different ways to connect with you. So that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if there's one thing that, that, you know, one thing that if someone's listening to this and said, oh my God, I am really wanting to do something like right now, I can't wait till it opens in August 20th. What is something that you can recommend somebody listening to this who has either squashed or over, oversexed <laughs> out their path in life and realizing this is exactly what is missing in my world? What is one, what is something that you can give them as a actionable item they can do right now? just to start to kind of understand a little bit of a, how that works. How it What's works in terms of working with me or how it works in terms of making a, a change in their own life. Yeah, it's just a, one small tip to kind of have them understand, oh, this is exactly what she was talking about so that they can kind of go to your website and learn even more. So what I would say is look into what things turn you on in your life? 
Mm. Like, how can you just begin to start eliminating things in your life that are actual real energy drains or turn offs Mm -hmm. and start to have more things in your life, in your day that actually make you feel any amount of pleasure. And it Mm. can be really small things. So are you using the soap that you love? Like the soap that I use to wash dishes is this essential oil lavender soap. Uh And I just really get into it. Um, when you're drinking your coffee or your tea or eating chocolate, right. is there any way instead of like chewing and swallowing the chocolate, can you lick it? Uh-huh. Can you suck it? Can uh-huh. you allow the flavor to really marinate in your mouth? Can you take time to really slow down and tap into the pleasure that is around you now? And just notice how good that feels and ask yourself the question, how would my life be different if I allowed myself to be tapped into this feeling of turn on and or pleasure all of the time? How would that affect uh, what I do in the world? How would that affect my relationships? And even just marinating in that knowing is a beautiful place to start. Wow. That is such a fantastic piece of advice. You're in essence telling people to start to make it okay to develop an intimate, pleasurable relationship with yourself and the environment around you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So good. So good. And so important too. And, And it's so sad because most of us have been starved of that for most of our adult lives. And that's the theme of this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Totally brought it full circle. <laughs> full circle. And yes, awesome. we, we totally have. And it doesn't have to be. It can be in these big displays and these massive things and 10 orgasms and, you know, five mm-hmm. lovers. It can be. It can be. And it can also be in the way that you lick a piece of chocolate. Right. It can also be in the way that you like even just take your fingers right now if you're listening um and you can just trace your finger along your collarbone mm. so slowly. And just notice how good it feels to feel pleasure. Hmm. Very cool. And allow yourself to have more of that throughout the day. Good. Well, guess what, Pamela? We actually have to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> so grateful and so thankful that you are were able to share your the abundance of knowledge you gained through your life and your experiences into what it is that you do today. I if 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 you've been listening and you aren't sure what you are listening to, listen to it again because there's so many layers of 
good, amazing stuff that is uniquely designed to powerfully open up your abundance flow, your money flow, and all the different things that you actually want in life, if you remember what that those things are. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, if you want to get more information, check on the links below. It's the awakenaphrodite.com. You can also find her on YouTube with all the content that she has going. She is launching a brand new program and self-directed and also it connects with connects with you as well to help you do exactly everything that she's talking about to open things up, tantric, money, abundance, all those different things, love, happiness, money flow, you know, prosperity, you name it. Okay. And also to heal, right. On a variety of different levels, including physiological healing. So thank you, Pamela. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your gifts and your wisdom and everything and, and your journey of, uh, you know, the vulnerability that you shared now and i'm sure it, it was a lot of work to get to this point but it's still vulnerable to be able to share everything that you went through i'm i'm so grateful that you were able to come and share that because it's such a needed component a missing component when people are looking to um you know improve their financial circumstance not realizing it's not just their financial circumstance that needs improvement it's all areas of their life right yeah, absolutely. And I so appreciate that. Like you are so awesome. And Aww. I really want to celebrate you as well for the work that you're doing in the world as the the king of money is what I'm going to start calling you now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, we'll see. We'll see how well I live up to that. <laughs> yeah. And and just how much you care and and how much you're committed to growth and helping people transform their lives is so, so delicious. So thank you so much as well for having me and for just being you. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode. If you found it to be valuable and know of someone else that could benefit from what we talked about today, sharing is caring. So absolutely share this. It will absolutely, this content will probably change somebody's life for sure if not save somebody's life and if you made it this far into this episode then there must have been something good so make sure you subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or spotify to make sure you don't ever miss a new episode and that's a wrap have an amazing time taking all this money tantric sexual knowledge from today and join me on the next episode of the money lab podcast this is way and pamela horner signing off it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.